0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton,
1: originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham.
2: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here in business radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, SiriusXM, XM, channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, you can call us right the second at 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in sunny Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the new book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We have Dream Team in studio today, and it's a very special day for the Career Talk team because it is our four-year anniversary. We have been doing this show every week for four years. We have over 180 episodes at this point, and I want to make this announcement because We've done this and we've come here and it's because of the listeners. It's because of you that we are still here. Your support, you're calling in, you're listening, your retweets, you're following us on social media. So I have to do a big shout out to all of you listeners and supporters of Career Talk. And of course, the dream team, Michelle and Dion. This is a family event, as you all know. And on behalf of this, I have a pre-break quiz, Dion. That oh boy. is trivia about the show. Now, you've been here all four years with us, so you yeah. should know this one. Pressure's on.
1: Yeah, no pressure.
0: No thanks. pressure. Just...
2: I changed it just this morning. I'm like, you know we should do? I'll
0: probably get the, the, the first one right. Yeah.
2: The <laughs> other, so, is it about how fast turkeys can run? No, no. It's <laughs> it's it's literally related to the show. I don't show. Think I was here for that one. She it's... gives all kinds of random facts. I do, but this one is not random. It is truth, and you are here for it, Dion. so... Just, just giving you a little bit of a preview. But hey, thanks to everybody. We love doing this show. We love coming here every week. I say this a lot, but it is truly my favorite hour of the week. doesn't matter if I'm tired or ill or whatever. When I get in the studio, everything just goes away, and I love being here. And Michelle and Dion as well. We We love being here for you. So happy anniversary, Career Talk. Of course, if it's Thursday, it's open calls, and we want to hear from you all hour long at 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. And today, it's Resume Revision Thursday. We are going to dust off that resume in preparation for fall hiring season. We're going to share what's hot and what's not in resumes. And today, to help us with that, we welcome Kamara Toffalo expert, resume writer, LinkedIn consultant, and job search strategist who helps clients worldwide dare to do work differently. Kamara has been featured in many publications, including Forbes, Business Insider, The Daily Muse, to name a few, and was published in the best-selling book, UMAP, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, and Show the World. Named by Jobscan as the number one job search expert to follow on LinkedIn for 2019, we are so excited to have her today on Career Talk all hour long to answer your questions. Welcome to the show, Kamara. Thank you so much, John, and big congratulations on your anniversary! Thank you, thank you, Kamara. We appreciate that. We're For so you. excited to have you here. Um, thank you. And what do you mean, dare to do work differently? I love that in your in your um, bio. Tell us what you mean by that.
0: Thank you. Well, basically, I'm encouraging job seekers and career changers to really throw out the old rule book or playbook that they may have been playing too throughout their entire careers and, and try and do things differently to get new results. So that's, that's really what the tone that, that uh, I follow and the rule, well, non-rule that I follow throughout all of my services and, uh, and uh, everything that I offer to my clients.
2: I think that's so important because, you know, I was just responding to something on LinkedIn about this and how to help people get over stress and anxiety of the job search. And I, I actually credit that to the broken hiring process that, that we're all following today. And I think if you don't do things differently as a job seeker, you're going to struggle a lot more. You you do have to go outside the lines. You do have to find a creative way to get noticed. So I I think daring to do work differently in the job search is is it has to become the norm. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's let's talk. We're going to talk a little bit about resumes today. And hey, if you're listening and you're thinking fall might be a good time for me to kick in the job search, why not get a head start? Why not get your resume and your LinkedIn all ready to go this month so you get ahead of the crowd? And if you have a question on a resume, of course, all job search questions are open. 844 Wharton. 844 844- Nine four two seven eight six six. So, what's changed in resumes, Kamara?
1: Well, it's a slow-moving
0: uh, thing. Uh, Resumes—they've followed a lot of old traditions for a long time. But what I'm really seeing now is job seekers—a shift in how job seekers are approaching their resumes. Um, they know that competition is fierce. They know that they're contending with conditions that they weren't present 10 or even five years ago. Um, so they're really taking a different approach to how they compose and write their resumes.
2: So w- there's an article that just came out that kind of went viral this week um, by Chip Cutter <laughs> in the Wall Street Journal that, you know, the title was kind of startling. It says resumes are starting to look like Instagram and sometimes even Tinder. Is that the case? Because <laughs> that would be news to me.
0: Uh, some people are taking this approach, but it's a bit misguided, I have to say. In what way? Uh, so, as you know, really visual resumes are, don't behave well with the applicant tracking system. They kind of they choke on uh, design and pictures and images. So when something is super designed, uh, it's really going to have a tough time getting through the technology. Also, on the human side of things, and this was even quoted in the article, uh, someone stated that, I believe it was a career advisor, stated that using a Bitmoji or or something like a little profile photo looks juvenile. And that's really the impression that these types of resumes are giving to uh, hiring managers and recruiters.
2: And I think we're dealing with with kind of... Different generations as well. So whereas the, the newer generations might be very custom to this type of, of graphics representation, I think the people who are in hiring positions often are in more traditional and having a more traditional focus on the resume, so they're used to seeing a specific format. They're used to seeing resumes in the U.S. anyway, without photos, because there's a lot of bias that happens when when you add the photo. So, so I think some of those points were coming out as well. Do you think, Kamara, that that this is going to be the trend? Do you think that as as the job market shifts forward in the next decade, that bit emojis and and graphics and pictures are going to take over the traditional resume? I don't
0: because um, yeah that many of my colleagues have commented publicly on that article uh, and we largely take the same position in that these aren't appropriate in in the job seeking world in the workplace so I think that uh, as job seekers are getting more feedback as job seekers are having uh, little success with these types of resumes that they won't that it's a trend or a fad that will quickly die.
2: At least I hope so. I, I think you're right. And I think if you think about resumes and the transitions through the last several decades, if you take a walk down memory lane, I mean, in 1987, the fax machine was the cool way to deliver your resume. I mean, if you're delivering it by fax, you are going to get noticed and stand out. And then, you know, in early 90s, it became email email if you emailed your resume you're going to stand out and then it, you know linkedin was introduced in 2003 and then all of this increased email and online traffic led to the creation of the applicant tracking system which is what you were referring to when you talked about it not being new resumes with all graphics not being compatible then we got fancy again with the prezi and infographics resume but this never killed the need for a standard resume. And then at one point, functional resumes were very in vogue because if you had a gap in your career or if you're trying to make a career switch or something else that you were trying to kind of gloss over, the functional resume, which is organized not in reverse chronological order, but rather by your competencies lumped together, became the one to use. Now, that's also out of fashion because the once a recruiter sees a functional resume, their first thought is, "What are you trying to hide?" So mm. that is not really the way to go. So, so we've kind of had all of these fads and, and trends over the years, but the standard resume has really held up. That's and which is so interesting to me. Me too. Me too.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's really quite interesting to watch the evolution of resumes. And going back to what your point about functional resumes. Um, I hear from recruiters all the time, uh, people still use them. It's just they can't quickly digest
2: the information.
0: Um, That's why chronological resumes are the way to go.
2: Yeah, there's a reason why they like this standard, and there's a reason why LinkedIn also has a pretty standard format because they're looking at a lot of resumes and they need to see the information that they're looking for very quickly. You're going to get four to six seconds to catch somebody's attention or not, and you need to be able to catch their attention. While a graphics-based resume may catch their attention, they may not see the information that is most relevant to the job. So they may say, wow, this is an impressive-looking resume or it's very colorful or what have you, but, but are they going to miss... What you need them to see. And if that's the case, then getting their attention because of your graphics and not getting their attention because of your relevant skills, is going to still end in the same result, landing you in the circular file. Hey, 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM, Channel 132, Dream Team and Studio taking our calls right now. If you got a resume question, or maybe you disagree, maybe you think Bitmojis are going to take over the resume world. We want to hear from you. 844-942-7866. Six, six. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Kamara Tafalo, who is a resume expert and daring us to do work differently. So let's let's talk about this. Where is there a place for this creative expression? Because I do think that that you do have to stand out. That's what we were talking about, Kamara. We're talking about how do you stand out. So how do you do that when the resume can, let's face it, be very boring? <laughs> Yes, it can be. <laughs> um, really lean,
0: it's, this is where accomplishments uh, become vital in your resume, and really leaning on good quality content in your resume, really taking the time to compose a cohesive story that is that will pique the interest in a, in a reader, um, and telling them what's important and what's relevant. So one pitfall I see like with resumes uh, is that Job seekers approach it as almost like a journal of this is everything I've done in my career ever since the beginning of time. But really what they want to do is cherry pick what's important, what's most relevant and what makes sense in the world of the uh, employer that they're applying to.
2: I totally agree. I think I think there's a general sense, and again, this might have been a trend a decade ago or at some different point that if I put everything on my resume that I've done, a hiring manager is going to see how diverse and, and experienced and agile I am, and they're going to know exactly where to put me. And even if it's not the job I applied to, they're going to think about, oh, this person can work somewhere else. And the fact is, that's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. A, a resume gets four to six seconds before somebody decides if they want to look at it slightly longer. And if you don't, as you use the word, I love the word cherry pick, Camara, if you don't pick those skills that are relevant to that job, you're going to lose them. And and I would even venture to go one step further where some people put all their most impressive skills and achievements on their resume. And while that's definitely a positive step if the skills you're choosing or if the accomplishments you're choosing are super impressive but not at all relevant to that role that you're applying to, you're again going to get knocked out. Somebody may say, wow, this person has done a lot of great things but it's not what I need. So you may, and this is painful if you're switching careers or looking to make an, an industry change, you may have to rearrange your resume or even take off things that you're very proud of but lead you down a path that that the hiring manager isn't going. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM, channel 132. We're here with Kamara Toffalo talking all about resumes. So let's talk about this cherry-picking, because we know that resumes have become more what I call career stories. And Kamara, I've had people say to me, but isn't it kind of a lie to leave off things from my resume? Uh-huh. Not at all, actually. Um, again, going back
0: to um, making it relevant to where you're applying, um, if if it doesn't help tell the story and it doesn't help uh, make your candidacy for the role that you're applying to make sense to the recruiter or the hiring manager, it it's perfectly okay to leave out that information.
2: I totally agree with that. And I think we need to get into a you know, there's a number of reasons to leave things off. So maybe you had a job that you started and you were really excited about it, and four months in, your boss changed, or you know, the company merged, or something drastically went wrong that you're like, "Wow, this is not the place for me." You don't have to put that job on your resume. You, if you just use years, then that blip, you don't even have to put it on there. Because here's the deal: if it's on there, you're going to get questions about it on the interview, or Maybe you're in a situation, I mean, there's so many situations where I could think of where you might want to leave things out. Maybe you're applying and you have 30 years experience, and if you put all 30 years on there, you give away your age. And let's face it, Kamara, there's still age bias out there, and you don't want to give that information away. There's really very little reason in most cases to go back further than than 15 to 20 years when you're talking about experiences. Are there any other reasons um, besides the ones we've talked about, Kamara, to leave things off? Or, or maybe is there anything that people should consider not leaving off because it's misleading? Well,
0: I, I am definitely an advocate for transparency. So going back to your example of a job that you're not super jazzed about, you um, my approach, likely in that case, rather than create a career gap, um, let's say it might have been a longer role where using the year's strategy will will still create a career gap, um, I'll use just a quick one-liner just to note how that time was spent, just just to give like a clear chronological path on the resume and also address any red flags that might come up. Yeah, So I-
2: No, I love that you brought that up because here's the deal. Everybody's got a red flag. And if you think you don't, you do. And your best bet as a job seeker is to figure out what that is, whether it's a career gap, whether it's that you're you're over-experienced for the role, whether it's your career switcher, you've job hopped, you've stayed in a job too long, that's now a red flag. And I think the sooner you figure out your red flag and create a story that doesn't put it front and center and actually explains it, the better off you are. So I agree. If you're in a case where you've had a two and a half year job and you can't just kind of gloss it over with the dates, then there's other strategies you can use on your resume to not highlight it and make them the hiring manager who's ever looking at your resume see what you want them to see. And this is why it's so important to Get your resume in working order or to work with a career coach or whatever you need to do because the fact is resume is not going to get you a job. It's going to get you an interview, but there's so much competition that you want your resume to be as good as it can be. 844-942-7866. Hey, do you have something on your resume that you think might be a red flag? and you want some tips on how you might be able to restructure your resume so that's not front and center, give us a call. We have Kamara Toffalo on today. She's a resume expert and can give you all kinds of tips to make your resume stand out and be relevant to the audience you want. 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You can also tweet us on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. So I want to talk a little bit about this kind of, we, we, we sort of um, diverted off this topic, but I want to come back to it, Kamara, because I think it's important about how you can express yourself, if not on the resume, if you're not going to put bitmojis and color and, you know, make it pink and scented. Uh, Dion, what's that movie? Do you know? No. Okay. Michelle. Oh, very good. Very good. I need Michelle. Yeah.
3: No. N- no. All
2: right. Uh, if you're if you you're not going to do that, there's so many other ways you can express your personality. You you've got the cover letter which I want to talk about Kamara. You've got social media, I mean your LinkedIn profile, there's opportunities there to show your personality. You've got you know all types of social media and I think you need to be thinking about that because the fact is if you get to the next step, the recruiters, the hiring managers are going to be looking at these things, and they're going to take them into account. So what types of things, Kamara, should people be thinking about when, when they're applying for a job beyond the resume that a hiring manager is going to consider?
0: Well, I think you hit it on the, on the nail on the head, Don. Definitely cover letters. Uh, that's something that I'm advocating for constantly. You often hear, the cover letter is dead, or no one reads cover letters, but the cover letter is totally your opportunity to show your personality as well as getting back to the red flags we were talking about before to call those out and address any concerns that the recruiter or hiring manager might have. So I think the cover letter is a great way to show your personality
2: totally agree with you. And here's the deal, and I always say this on Career Talk, please look beyond the stats. If you just look at the surface title, or if you just look at the headline, or you just look at the end stat, there's usually a story behind it. So you've heard this stat, 17% of cover letters get read. But what you don't realize is there's another stat that that 75% of resumes get knocked out in the applicant tracking system and never get to human eyes, or they get knocked out because they're not qualified. And what I will say is, is that's why so few cover letters get read. Because as a recruiter, when I was a corporate recruiter or a hiring manager, I would read the cover letter if I liked the resume. I always read it second, but if you were a contender, now I wanted to learn more about you. I wanted to understand why this job was a fit. And if you didn't have a cover letter or you didn't have one that was tailored to the job, that was a negative point against you. So please, If you're applying to so many jobs that you have to either do a generic cover letter or no cover letter at all, you're not targeting this process very well. You need to include that because if you're qualified and if the hiring manager wants to learn more about you and that's not available, you may be shooting yourself in the foot. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM channel 132. We're going to go to the phones with Kimberly in Georgia. Welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind, Kimberly?
0: Hey, um, I have a red flag on my resume. Um, I've been at my job, my current job, for 11 years, and I think that is one of the things that's holding me back from finding my next position, and I was curious what ideas um, or suggestions you would have to build a story to help um, potential employers see past that.
2: Yeah, no, you're so right, Kimberly. What do you do?
0: Marketing. Yeah.
2: Market, you're so right, and and I you know, for people out there saying what that's blowing my mind aren't aren't companies more worried about job hopping? Here's the deal. If you've been at a company for any length of time, now companies are worried that you're not agile. They're worried that you're not able to function in a different culture and environment. so kimberly, i I, I bet you that that could be a red flag in your job search. kamara, what what tips do you have for Kimberly?
0: For sure. Well, Kimberly, has, has your role evolved at all over the last 11 years? Yes and no. It has evolved in responsibility, but not in titles. Okay. So I think what would be really important is, in your case is to to really lean on how your role has evolved, particularly if, say, you started your role, let's say, without Managing a team, and that you were later given that responsibility of managing a team, for example, or if you were given the responsibility of uh, managing a budget, or uh, managing PL or perhaps um, taking over a certain certain new thing that you you hadn't done before, that will be particularly important. Um, and you can also, what I would recommend, because eleven years is a long time. Um, we do want to make sure that your, the content for that role is easy to digest for the reader. So what I would recommend is actually categorizing your accomplishments, which you can um, mm-hmm. use bulleted lists for, and categorizing them, say, in you said you're in marketing, so marketing strategy, let's say, as a category, leadership, let's say, as a category, if you do lead a team. And then that'll make it easier on the eyes and easier for the reader to get the important information.
2: Yeah, love that okay. advice. Love that advice. And um, Kimberly, this may or may not apply to your situation, but I'd also think about what happened in those 11 years. So did your company merge or get acquired or change names or divest? Or there's a lot of times that companies go through all these changes and still remain you know, under the umbrella of the company name, but there's all these internal things going on or leadership changes, CEO changes that really impact the culture. So if any of those have happened, that can be a great opportunity to show your agility and how you've stayed with the company despite all of these changes. Other things that that could add to what Kamara said is special assignments that you've been asked to do, things you've done outside, things you've done outside your company that maybe relate to your industry. So, you know... um, if you wrote a book or you write articles for for an industry magazine or you lead, you're lead in a leadership or board position in a, in a conference or um, an association that you're a part of. So some of these outside things can actually show growth and agility as well. And then one thing I would stress for every resume is to put a summary on because your summary, which is that top Section top third of the resume is where your eyes are drawn and this is your opportunity to show and highlight your most relevant skills. This will be the lens through which they see the rest of the resume. So, if you talk about examples of how you've been agile, of how you've dealt with transformation and how you've evolved, then that creates this picture of somebody who has done a lot of different things and have, has worn a lot of different hats. And so, it will it will in in essence make the rest of the resume seem a lot more agile. So I think that's something else you can use. So there's so many things. And, you know, right. Oh, Kamara, do you want to jump in?
0: No, I those those are all great ideas. um, And I couldn't agree more about the summary. Um, You know, the old adage, like dress for the job you want. Well, I think for resumes, you need to write for the job you want. So that's where the summary really comes into play. And really branding Mm -hmm. yourself towards that job that you want.
2: I also think little things like, you know, if you, if you have your dates right justified and it says, you know, whatever, 2008 to 2019 or current or whatever, I mean, you can move that in so it's not as isolated out there on the right side. I mean, just little things that, you, you know, you could break it up in terms of uh, different. I know you said you've had different titles, but as Kamara said, maybe maybe talk less about the titles and more about the responsibilities. So so I think there's some some things you could do there as well. But I, I Kimberly, is this helpful?
1: Yes,
0: those excellent suggestions. I'm in the process of rewriting now, and I think I'm definitely going to incorporate trying to make it make my experience look more agile um, and taking the the experiences that I have outside of my current role and pulling those in as well, and also categorizing it by um like the strategy, like you suggested. I think that's a really good idea. So I'm definitely going to take some of those and, and put them into play.
2: Perfect. And then also make sure you follow up on your LinkedIn so that your LinkedIn aligns as well. Um, Kimberly, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we're here all hour taking your calls live at 844- 942-7866. We have Kamara Toffalo with us today, who's a resume expert and named by Jobscan as the number one job search expert to follow on LinkedIn for 2019. So If you've got a question on your resume, maybe you have a red flag you're trying to kind of blend in there so it doesn't stand out, you're here on Career Talk on the right day. 844 942 7866. But it's time for our pre break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. There is a quiz, and it is Career Talk's. 4 year anniversary. It was it was August 10th, 2015 that we kicked off our first show and it's been a blast ever since. So, I decided to make the pre-break quiz question Dion about Career Talk, a topic we all know and love. What significant change happened on Career Talk? No oh boy. <laughs> It was significant, Dion, on May 5th, 2016. What significant change happened on Career Talk on May 5th, 2016? If you think you know and you want to jump in and help out, Dion, 844 warden 844 942 7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand.
2: Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School Sirius XM channel 132. And it is our four-year anniversary. Happy Anniversary Dream Team Career Talk and thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. We love being here with you every Thursday live at noon. Each week to answer your questions and hopefully to laugh a little. So we are very excited to have Kamara Toffalo with us today, who is a resume expert. She's written for Forbes, Business Insider, The Daily Muse, to name a few. And Kamara, where can people reach you after the show if they have more questions?
0: You bet, Don. They can reach me at Kamara Toffalo everywhere. So I'll spell that out because my name is a bit complicated. It's K A M A R A. T is in Thomas. O S S O L O. So Camara Topolo everywhere. That's Twitter and Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube.
2: Perfect. And if you're following me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, we have we will be tweeting this as well. So if you didn't catch the spelling, go ahead and check out Twitter and we will have that all over because clearly um, you should be following Kamara because JobScan named her as the number one job expert to follow on LinkedIn for 2019. So don't miss out and follow Kamara. We're gonna go right back to the phones here on Career Talk and go to Aloma in Kentucky. Welcome to the show, Aloma. What's on your mind today?
3: Uh, I have two questions. One question is, I know my age is against me when it comes to looking for jobs and more senior, senior citizens working today, and I can work circles around a lot of the young people that are working today. How do you get around that situation? First up get in to, to get an interview.
2: I think that should be your brand, first off. Like, I think if you don't have that written on your LinkedIn and at the top of your resume, um, can I ask how old you are, Aloma? I'm
3: 73.
2: All right, 73. And I think your your new brand needs to be I Can Work Circles around <laughs> everybody else because I believe you. I believe you. I've known you for about five seconds, and I believe you. So are you struggling to um, get job interviews? Where Where's the, the hurdle?
3: Well, see, this is what my second question. Um, I just got off of work, or well, I'm going to be getting off of work with comp, injury from food service, and it concerns my hands, and I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. But I have experience in other things as far as call centers, um, working the computers. I can be a receptionist. I can do a whole bunch of things. But those particular things I haven't done for so many years, so there's a big gap. In between the experience, uh, I used to work for Sears when they had the catalog department. I used to work for KFC when they had their home delivery. Uh, so, and I can work computers. So, how do I do that lap? Because I, I'm, I guess I can say about maybe a ten or fifteen space in between those jobs and, and the food service job.
2: Okay, so first off, um, that space, doesn't matter. If you have the skills, it doesn't matter if you did it in a volunteer position, if you did it 10 years ago. If you still have skills and they're still current and relevant to the workforce, don't let when you did them have an impact. And this is the case for a lot of switchers. And and yes, yeah, switching at 73, we love that. And I would say you go in with your strengths, which in all of those different careers you mentioned, there's a huge customer service aspect to it. Um, there's a huge organizational and coordination aspect to it. And so I'm thinking those may be some of your strengths. And your energy is something that people are going to want when you walk through the door. I think you're going to be 100% more effective when you're networking versus a resume because it's, it's sometimes pretty difficult to get that energy on a resume. But since we are talking resumes, Kamara, what, what advice do you have for Aloma around how she can present that on a resume or LinkedIn? For sure,
0: yeah. And um, I think you were headed there. I totally agree that uh, customer service or organizational or coordination would be a common theme here between food service and uh, some administrative support work, let's say. I believe there's always a common thread between all jobs, no matter how wildly different they may seem. Um, so, and I think you've already identified them, Dawn, is to really think about uh, what is common and shared between the different roles that you've done rather than, like Don said, Aloma, rather than worry about how far in the past it was that you held a specific role that, that were administrative or uh, reception based. So I'm um, definitely highlighting the the strengths that are shared amongst all those those different jobs you've had.
2: And people want to know the results. People want to know the results, yeah. Loma, in the sense of, so you did work on call centers and you you know receptionists and and all of these other things you've done. What results did you get? So, so think about that. Did you were you able were you known for resolving customer challenges? Were you known for coming up with creative solutions? Were you known for for looking at the operations and making things more efficient? Because I think that's what your next employer is going to be to be most interested in is is how you're going to come here and do the job what's your brand what what do you bring with you yes you can do the job i love you can run circles around others and i can do this for you and i think that's that's the kind of theme you need to figure out about yourself and when you start presenting yourself that way i can run circles around others and i can identify inefficiencies and come up with processes processes that make things more efficient which decreases risk and increases profits i mean that's that's going to catch my attention. So, I think that's the thread you need to find in all of your jobs. Doesn't matter when you did them. And you need to put that at the front and center of your resume, front and center of your LinkedIn, and network like crazy. Because my sense is that to know you is to love you. And you probably have a lot of people in your life who would be happy to. Help you get that next job, Aluma. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. We're talking all about resumes today. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And hey, have you checked out my new TEDx talk? It is all about networking and how just one conversation can change everything and open up the doors to a lot of opportunities. So take take a listen to that. Just Google Don Graham TEDx talk and 15 minutes may just change everything. 844-942-7866. We're going to go to Austin in Georgia. Welcome to the show, Austin. What's on your mind today?
0: Hey, thanks for having me. Um, So I recently just uh, just graduated college and uh, I'm about a year into my first job uh, at a financial services firm. And, uh, Looking in the future, uh, I'm trying to figure out ways to uh, distinguish myself from other candidates if I I decide to move somewhere else. And I'm trying to figure out what the value is these days or the value added of uh, having um, a business school degree, um, like a master's program or a master's degree. And um, whether or not it's worth it if you can't get into, say, like a top 20 business school. Is it worth it to make that big of an investment? um, if you're not in one of those top 20
1: business school
0: programs.
2: Ooh, good question. And good question for somebody who works in, in an MBA program. So here's, here's the deal. I'm going to say this, but I'm not, I'm going to toss it over to Camara, um, as well, but uh, anything you have on your resume, whether it's a degree, certification, work experience, it is all how you apply it re- in a relevant way to your next employer. So, so I there's no one thing, I think, that's going to, to make you stand out any more than anyone else. It's all if it's relevant to your next employer and if you create a brand and know your audience enough to be able to promote it that way. So I think you have to go into everything thinking, it's not, it's not coming out with this letter or this series of letters after my name. It's what I take that I can apply to where I'm going. Kamara, what advice do you have for Alston?
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that, Don. And um since he's early in his career, I, I would recommend taking his time um to to really assess if an MBA is is right for him. Um I would worry less about the school, uh, because as far as I'm concerned, it's more the credential. And when I'm writing resumes, I lead with the credential first, then the school. Um, So, really the credential matters more to me from a resume perspective, but also what I would really recommend to you since you are early in your career is to start a habit of taking stock of all the great things you've done on the job, because you can pull from that and I would recommend like a running document, you can pull from that uh, to update your resume continuously, so as you're still thinking about the MBA program at least you've got you've taken stock and inventory of the great things you've done at work and because those really matter. So that's what I would recommend.
2: Yeah, and any degree you're thinking about, whether it's an MBA or a master's in something or a PhD, you have to think to yourself about um, you what's gonna happen on the other side. And the other side you're still gonna have to figure out what you want to do with it. You're still gonna have to sell your skills to an employer. You're still gonna have to go through a frustrating job search. So thinking about that, is it worth it? And so a couple of things in addition to what Kamara said, I would encourage you to think about Austin. is, you know, if you wait a few years, are you going to get more out of that MBA than if you go now? Um, if you wait a few years, might you be with an employer who will either pay for or at least contribute to that MBA, which makes the investment, um, you know, in terms of money from your pocket, a little bit less? And if you're going to an MBA program to kind of figure out next steps. I think there's a lot of different ways you can do that without investing the the hundred thousand dollars that you're going to put into that. But but being in an MBA, an executive MBA, what I see is the the happiest students, the students who are most successful, have a purpose for coming here. They know what they want to get out of it. Um, you know, obviously the the happiest ones have their company bank for a portion of it. But it's, it's about going in with intention. And if you can have an intention about how you're going to use that and what you want to get out of it and how you're going to apply it to the real world, I think an MBA is a phenomenal way to not only build your skills, but to build your network. And to me, that's the most important. Any decision you make in your career, whether it's picking between two jobs, picking an MBA program or a school, is who am I going to meet? Because I will guarantee you that for the rest of your career, for the rest of your life, who you know And what they know about you and your brand and your value is going to open many more doors than just about anything else. So always ask yourself that question. Who am I going to meet in this next phase of my life? And how is that going to impact my future? Best of luck to you, Alston. Great question. I know a lot of people think about that. And we are here on Career Talk to help you think through things like this. 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Kamara Toffolo. And we're going to go to Tom in Ohio. Welcome, Tom. What's on your mind today?
1: Well, congratulations on four years.
2: Thank you. We're very excited.
1: So this one's off topic a little bit. I have a son who is uh, going to go to college this year, and he's, I was just wondering if there's any associations that um, you guys would recommend that maybe he should uh, try to join um, to help further his career. The advice I gave him was to be open. I was a little bit more closed when I went to college, did things that I was comfortable with. I was just wondering what you would think.
2: So... This is absolutely not off topic because in career talk, it's all about careers. So this is, this is a fantastic question. And what I would say is that you're giving him great advice. Be open. This is a a period of exploration. Meet people. Take advantage of, of what's out there in your terms of like different associations. Here's what I would say about associations. A lot of people have them listed on their resume. And when I was a recruiter, I'd be like, Oh, great. You know, how are you active in these associations? What was the last thing you learned at a conference that you applied in your day job? And most people are like, uh, I I pay my dues. So if you're going to join an association, engage in it. Find one that you're interested in, you can contribute to, and you can maybe take a leadership role or you can learn from or go to classes or things of that nature. But also internships. I'm going to say this. It doesn't even matter what it's in. Make sure early in this path in these four years, you tell your son to find the career center, know where it's located, find out what services they offer, and think about internships. Because at the end of four years, experience, any experience, is going to be way, way more important than a high GPA. Because let's face it, employers, they want to know what you can do, not what numbers are on your resume. Hey, Kamara, what advice do you have for Tom's son? Well, I think Tom's really given him good advice already to
0: be open. Um, and I like what you suggested, Dawn, about thinking about internships as well as thinking about joining associations to be engaged and take on a leadership type of role. I think that's really important because as a young person, it, there are very few opportunities to really flex your leadership muscles or learn how to be a good, engaged leader. Um, so any opportunity to do that will will really help uh, lay that foundation of leadership skills for future work.
2: Yeah, and does he have a major, Tom? Did you say business?
1: Um, well, he's trying mechanical engineering. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that's the path he goes down, but it's whatever he wants to do.
2: Yeah, I love that. I love how supportive you are about that, because here's the deal. You know, maybe mechanical engineering, maybe basket weaving. See, we don't know, but the point is many people don't go into whatever field they study. So what's important is that you're engaged, you're learning, you're learning how to think critically, you're learning how to be agile, you're learning how to work with a team, you're learning how to meet deadlines. Those are the important things that come out of school that people need to focus on. And hey, you know, maybe Tom Hill realize a year in that this isn't for him and he wants to go to a trade school or get a certification in programming. You know, there's so many opportunities now and you'll see some of the biggest companies Google and and um, you know a lot of consulting companies now they're like we want people who have these soft skills we want people who can interact with clients and think and problem solve and you know the degree is becoming less important if you don't have those skills so I love how supportive you are of all the different choices. that that he has ahead of him. And I have no doubt that he's going to be successful in whatever he chooses. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk, Tom, 844-942-7866. We're here all hour on Thursdays every week for you. And we're going to go to Hillary in California. Welcome to the show, Hillary. What's on your mind today? Hi, thanks so
1: much for taking my call. Um, I have a, a young adult son who graduated from college about two, three years ago. He's still early in his career and although he graduated with honors, he has a degree in um, communications and English. He'd love to go into the gaming industry. Um, so he's he's taken some different general positions, different general jobs. The challenge for him is that he is on the spectrum, and um, it's a little harder for him um, in terms of, you know, business environments, uh, he's learning. He's learning and growing quite a bit, and he's between positions right now. So when you talk about differentiating, your, personalizing the resume um, in a cover letter and in the summary, should he talk about his own personal uh, challenges and how he's overcome them and grown to – Take on different jobs, really outside a comfort zone, um, and and you know modified, you know different time slots for jobs, and really gone with the flow. Should he? Should yeah. he bring in?
2: Yeah. His
1: own personal, you know stuff.
2: Yeah, great question. And neurodiversity is becoming much much uh, better known in companies, and they're doing a much better job of of understanding how to hire differently and how to look at things differently. So I think this is a great topic. We actually did a whole show on neurodiversity last year. So I'm glad you're bringing this up. Um, Kamara, what what is your suggestion for the resume and cover letter?
0: Uh, For resume, um, I would – because he wants to make the shift into gaming – I would love to see how he has done a deep dive into the game, into the world of gaming, whether that be through um, joining associations or um, studying, uh, doing some self study work or something like that. Um, with the cover letter, uh, I absolutely think he should share what he's comfortable with sharing. Um, at, and like you're saying, how he's overcome his challenges. And also what would be great is how he feels that uh, his neurodiversity or how he has worked hard to overcome challenges um, position him to add unique value to, to a new employer.
2: Yeah, I love that advice. I, th- I think, you know, we have to we have to look at ourselves and look at our strengths. And um, it sounds like it sounds like your son has a passion for this. It sounds like he's got some great skills aligned with this and hopefully some associations and all the things that Kamara mentioned. But I I do think a cover letter could be a great place to talk about this. I mean, I don't know if he's on social media, but he could definitely put examples of his gaming or or things that he's done around that. And, you know, All of that online, which might be a a great way for him to express all of those things. So I think there's a lot of different ways that this can go. But I'm so glad you called, Hillary. And um, I hope this advice was helpful to you. And best of luck to your son. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM, Channel 132. And we're winding down, so we definitely have to answer our pre-break quiz, which was, Dion. what significant change happened on Career Talk on May 5th, 2016?
3: Okay. So my my first thought was that it was when we when we added the when we added the quiz. But but but,
2: since that was October 2015, when we called it the fun fact.
3: Right. That's clearly
2: not the answer.
3: I've remembered all that. Yeah. (laughs) sure. Um, (laughs) But then you said how important it was to the show. Like it was it was important
2: the pre-break quiz is not important Dion is that what you're saying
1: no but this is more important okay it's when we went
3: to Thursdays for Monday
2: it is, yeah. it is true yeah for long time <laughs> listeners you'll remember maybe that we started this show it used to be Mondays at 1 p.m and on May 5th, 2016. We moved it to Thursdays at noon. Well done, Dion. Well done. That's right. Yeah, we also started podcasting in June of 2016 on iTunes and Google Play. So if you want to go back and listen to all of those episodes, they are there for you. So here's my other question.
3: You know I wanted to know. I was going to ask you. What? I I was going to ask you what what the other question was. Oh, no,
2: no, not the other pre-break quiz. You'll get that next week. Oh. But my other, I found my first pre-break quiz question. Oh, boy. Which was, um, what feature on LinkedIn will get you 11 times more views?
0: I know this one. Yes. Having a picture.
2: Very good. Remember when your pre-break quizzes were actually related to the job search? (laughs) I do. I do. Big, big memory.
3: I think that lasted for like two weeks.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I brought this up because it's very relevant till today. And now it's like 21 times more relevant or something if you have a picture on your LinkedIn. So make sure you have a picture on your LinkedIn. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Happy anniversary career talk. We love doing this. And thank you again to all of our callers and listeners. Um, So Kamara, as we wrap up the show, what what are a couple of things people need to understand about resumes for 2019 as they're thinking about their next job search?
0: For sure. So as um, we get further into the job search in 2019, really, I'd encourage job seekers to make sure that their resumes are simplified and also easily read by both machine and human. So we have to play to both audiences, and that's really important.
2: And do you have any quick fixes that we can, you know, we can share on air? So for people who are like, yeah, I'm not sure if my resume is in, in good working order. What are some some kind of quick tips that people can do a check to see if they've, you know, they need to make a major makeover or maybe just a few tweaks here and there?
0: For sure. So what I'd really encourage is to, and we were discussing with Dawn, is to get away from the bullet barf. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Bullet barf.
0: Yeah, so uh, as one of my clients put it uh, recently, it's a, basically a laundry list of bullets. So just where all your content is shared by bullets. That's really hard. To, it's really hard to get the important information when everything is in a bullet. It's like highlighting an entire page of a textbook. You're not, you're not drawing any, anything out there. So what you want to make sure is that you are using a bit of variety in how you structure The content you share so usually what I like to recommend for each role is a very short paragraph like three three to four lines uh, describing your day-to-day and your duties and responsibilities and then follow that up with a select three to five bullets that highlight accomplishments so that that's the structure I'd really recommend for each role
2: so what about things like hobbies and and all of that I mean is that is that so last year people still putting that on
0: people are still putting hobbies on, I I don't typically recommend it because I don't feel it's a good use of resume real estate. Uh, I'd really like to see people making use of the white space they do have to highlight uh, accomplishments and wins at work. Um, So hobbies are nice to have, but really not necessary. What I think is more important uh, from a extracurricular point of view is to include any community involvement. So volunteering or leadership in the community outside the job. That's really valuable in your resume.
2: Yeah, there was a study that showed that there are a number of things in social media that can knock you out of the running. So such as uh, you know anything that's that's deemed sexual or or, you know, drugs or all of that stuff, violence, stuff like that. But but if you have community service on your LinkedIn and social media. That can actually be the one thing that boosts your candidacy. So good thing to know, but we are out of time, Kamara. Kamara, it's been so fun having you on the show. Once again, where can people reach you? Thanks, Don. I've had a blast. Thank you for having me. Uh, people can reach me at
0: Kamara Topolo everywhere. That's Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, And Instagram, Uh, please connect with me on LinkedIn in particular. I accept all connection requests. And uh, my name is spelled K-A-M-A-R-A-T-O-S-S-O-L-O. It's a it's a complicated
2: one. Fabulous. And if you reach out to Kamara on LinkedIn, please include a personalized invitation like we always say here on Career yes. Talk so she knows where you found her. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you missed us talking about bullet barf and rev- resume real estate, <laughs> so you're going to have to catch the iTunes or Google Play version or you can catch the many replays we do of Career Talk all throughout the week on SiriusXM channel 132. Thank you so much, Kamara, for being here. Michelle and Dion, happy, happy anniversary four years on career talk every week and we love it thank you to all of our listeners and callers for being here every week to support us we love doing this show and look forward to another great year ahead hey you can check me out on twitter at dr Don graham if you want more information about today's show and of course check out my tedx Or my book, Switchers, if you'd like all these tips compiled into one fun, easy place. Thank you so much for supporting us the last four years, and we will see you next time on Career Talk. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.